0: Hello, Dog Days listeners. It's Saturday, August 14th, 2021. This is the Topics in Endurance Sports podcast. I am doing a challenge in August. If you want to know what that is, listen to the episode from August 1st. The rate at which a human uses metabolic energy can reveal a great deal about their health and welfare. Although there are cumbersome lab methods for measuring metabolism, Measurements of people in their normal surroundings had to await discovery of the doubly labeled water method. Remember, heavy water is D2O, where hydrogen 1 is completely replaced by hydrogen 2, or deuterium doubly labeled water is also D2O, but in this case, the oxygen is also completely replaced by oxygen-18, which is a minor heavy isotope of oxygen, since most oxygen is oxygen-16. Professor Nathan Lifson or Lifson, and his colleagues at the University of Minnesota invented the doubly labeled water method in the late 1940s. The real use of it took off in the 70s as doubly labeled water became both cheaper to make and improved analytical techniques made it easier to detect. Most of the earlier studies were done with animals. Note, this is a safe technique. As with heavy water, which I talked about yesterday, administration of a bit of doubly labeled water is safe. Also, the company where I work sells doubly labeled water. I don't make it, but we do sell it. One gram, or about .035 ounces, is only $999. Sounds pricey, doesn't it? And that's even cheaper than what it used to be. The reason it's pricey is uh, having to do with separating out the isotopes. Deuterium is not too bad. A deuterium atom is about twice as heavy as a hydrogen atom. Being twice as heavy The properties of deuterium are pretty different than the properties of hydrogen one, regular hydrogen. That's not too bad to separate, but separating oxygen 18 from oxygen 16 and the little bit of oxygen 17 that exists is really difficult because the mass of oxygen 18 is not much different than the mass of oxygen 16. The masses are really, really close to each other. It makes it harder and harder to separate them. So that is why doubly labeled water is so expensive. Doubly labeled water can be used as a method to measure the average daily metabolic rate of an organism over a period of time. The technique measures a subject's carbon dioxide production during the interval between the first and last samples. For example, your pee. The method depends on the details of carbon metabolism in our bodies, the the chemical reactions that occur exactly in all the math. When cellular respiration breaks down carbon-containing molecules, for example, carbs, fat, and protein, to release energy, carbon dioxide is, is released as a byproduct. Carbon dioxide, CO2, contains two oxygen atoms, of course, But food molecules such as carbohydrates do not contain enough oxygen to provide both of the oxygen atoms found in the CO2 we breathe out. It turns out one of the two oxygen atoms is derived from the water we consume. After drinking doubly labeled water, as CO2 is exhaled, oxygen 18 is lost from the body. Oxygen 18 is also lost through urine. However, the deuterium is lost the, however, the deuterium is lost only through urine. We're ignoring sweat or exhaled water here. Also, you can use blood or spit samples uh, to do these measurements. Thus, the measurement of deuterium and oxygen 18 over time, taking multiple samples after someone's uh, drunk the doubly labeled water, is used to calculate how much oxygen 18 is lost through carbon dioxide. Don't worry about the fancy schmancy math here. The point is, by measuring how much deuterium and oxygen 18 are in the urine and watching how much it decreases over time, they can figure out how much carbon dioxide is being breathed out over this time. Once this is known, the total metabolic rate may be estimated to be of more fancy schmancy math. The carbon dioxide loss tells us the energy produced or calories burned. Again, isotopes to the rescue here. It's either this technique, or you can wander around all day long with a tube sticking out of your mouth, capturing all the CO2 you breathe out. Not too sexy. And, again, this is really safe. So safe it can be done on infants and pregnant women. Note, deuterium and oxygen-18 are being used as tracers here, which I talked about two days ago when I talked about the zinc-67 isotopes. Typically, this is used to measure an average metabolic rate over hours or days or weeks after administration of the doubly labeled water. Besides humans, hundreds of animals have had their metabolic rates studied. One key condition in which this is applied is in the diagnosis of type 2 diabetes. In type 2 diabetes, cells develop a reduced sensitivity to insulin resulting in a lower metabolic rate, which can be detected using doubly labeled water. The following is a really nerdy paragraph. Uh, I just thought it was interesting. Just know that it relies on doubly labeled water. You may have to listen to it like five times to get it. Energy Expenditure. Each cell of the 10 to the 13th to 10 to the 14th cells in the human body requires energy to maintain its structure and functional capabilities. The energy requirement to maintain the structure of all cells of an organism is called the basal metabolic rate, BMR, and is sometimes used synonymously with resting metabolic rate, RMR. If the BMR is to be measured, the human should be dressed in light clothing in a supine position under complete rest at 28 degrees and abstain from eating for 10 hours. Eating and the subsequent processes of of digestion, absorption, and metabolism will produce a further energy requirement called called Thermic Effects of Feeding, TEF. This energy requirement can be seen as the energy necessary to access the energy of the nutrients we consume. It takes energy to eat, that's what they're saying, I guess. All other energy requirements, such as movement, thermal stress, or psychological stress, are subsumed into the thermic effects of activity, TEA. It is obvious that both the degree of physical load, for ex- <clears throat> in other words, how much you're moving or running or biking or something like that, as well as the amount of time spent under physical strain will consequently affect the amount of TEA, thermic effects of activity both in its absolute value as well as its relative value with regard to the Daily Energy Expenditure, (laughs) DEE. The DEE combines the values of BMR, TEF, and (laughs) TEA. Did you follow all that? Anyway, a person participating in an endurance event, such as a triathlon, will have high values in the TEA, Thermic Effects, of activity and therefore also in DEE, their daily energy expenditure. A person lying supine and being fed intravenously, such as an ICU patient, will have a DEE that closely resembles their BMR, basal metabolic rate. Typically a DEE consists of 60 to 75% BMR. So most of your daily energy expenditure is just keeping your cells functioning. 15 to 30% TEA how active you are and about 10% TEF the energy it takes just to eat the food your nutrients given that the type and mass of different tissues and cells affect the energy requirements as well as hormone levels BMR and DEE can vary great greatly between the sexes different ages and an individual and individuals in general A person's BMR is also closely related to the amount and proportion of FFM, fat-free mass. FFM was shown to be seven times more metabolically active than fat mass. So fat-free mass is more metabolically active than fat. I guess muscle is more, takes more energy than fat. I think that's what they're trying to say. This explains why males exhibit a 5 to 10% higher BMR than females because of their somewhat higher FFM percentage. Men have more muscles, I guess they're trying to say. The higher, sorry, my voice is going, (coughs) excuse me, the higher rate of metabolism of infants and adolescents due to the demands of growth also leads to an increased BMR. Holy moly, I'm losing it. Anyway, it didn't sound like I was talking about doubly labeled water there, but all these metabolism, metabolism measurements involve doubly labeled water. Plus, I thought that was just interesting. A couple of notes, if I can get through this. From what I can tell, the doubly labeled water technique does not distinguish between sources of foods producing the energy. This is what I was fretting over the last couple of days trying to figure out. In other words, it doesn't tell you the proportion of energy you get from fats carbohydrates, or protein. Um, I think you can get the protein worked out separately by measuring nitrogen in your urine because only protein has nitrogen. I could be wrong on that, but I think. Last thing, I know I'm going long again. This is a 2018 paper. I just thought it was interesting. Effects of a Low-Carbohydrate Diet on Energy Expenditure During Weight Loss Maintenance. Background: According to the carbohydrate-insulin model of obesity, the increased ratio of insulin to glucagon, glucagon concentrations after consumption of a meal with a high glycemic load lots of sugar getting into you quickly directs metabolic fuels away from oxidation and towards storage in adipose tissue, fat tissue. The physiological state is hypothesized to increase hunger and food cravings, lower energy expenditure, and predispose to weight gain, especially among those with inherently high insulin secretion. Yeah, I know this is kind of hard to follow. The carbohydrate insulin model offers a physiological mechanism for understanding why obesity rates have increased since the 1970s in the US as dietary fats were replaced with high glycemic load foods including refined grains and sugars. Methods Participants were randomly assigned to one of three test diets according to carbohydrate content, high, medium, or low. For 20 weeks, total energy expenditure was assessed using the, do- using the doubly labeled water method. Participants provided two pre-dose spot urine samples <coughs> excuse me, on separate days and seven post-dose samples over 14 days. Isotopic enrichments of urine samples were measured. Conclusions, consistent with the carbohydrate insulin model, lowering dietary carbohydrate increase energy expenditure during weight loss maintenance. In other words, you eat less carbs, you um, increase energy expenditure. I think that's what they're saying. This metabolic effect may improve the success of obesity treatment. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Lower carbs being you you burn more energy. I guess that's what they're saying here. That's the conclusion here. Um, This metabolic effect may improve the success of obesity treatment, especially among those with high insulin secretion. So if you've heard about people talk about low-carb diets, this is the type of thing that's evidence for that. There are also other things I think that dispute this uh, that say really it comes down to the total amount of can- calories you eat. Whereas Americans have been eating less fat and more sugar over the decades. Other studies say that's A, that's not true. And B, we've also just been eating more calories over the decades. We just eat more. We eat more calorie dense foods. So, but the point anyway was how they used doubly labeled water in that experiment. Oh my goodness, I'm sorry, 14 minutes, that's it. Talk to you tomorrow. I really apologize for my voice. I don't know why it's been so messed up in the last few weeks, but maybe my voice is always like this, but I don't think so. It's just been hoarse lately. Bye-bye.